Welcome to an American Family Radio special, a biblical understanding of the social justice movement with Tim Wildman and Abraham Hamilton III. For the next hour, we'll focus on organizations like Black Lives Matter through a biblical lens, and we'll call on experts to bring a better understanding of the social justice movement for the body of Christ. Now, here's AFR President Tim Wildman. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this uh, radio special. Uh, the, I guess the bad news is the Hamilton Corner has been, su- been suspended until tomorrow, just a one-day suspension, less than Facebook would like to do to him. Uh, but the good news is Abraham Hamilton III is in studio with me. So, uh, Brother Abe, good to see you. Good to be here, Tim. Good evening. All right, we got a lot to talk about today. Let me just tell folks the reason we're doing this, and then I'll introduce our guest. Um, Boy, every day in the news, all over the news, is what's called, uh, reports of what's called the social justice movement. The social justice movement in America. Uh, Beyond that, it's often undefined. Uh, You don't hear a lot about the ideological roots of this movement. what they stand for, what they, what their goals and objectives are. So we're going to talk about that today on the program, and we're going to attempt to give you a biblical response to this. So uh, because a lot of it has the trappings of ideas that Christians might support if they don't, if they aren't discerning. How about that? That's how I would uh, describe it. Now, uh, so Abe and I are joined today, we are joined today, uh, by a couple of gentlemen from the great state of California, minus the governor, um, and maybe Ellen, but anyway, I'm just kidding. The uh, great state of California is, is our good friend, uh, Neil uh, Mommin. Neil is executive uh, vice president and founder of Every Black Lives Matter, Matters. Neil's also a prolific writer and speaker. He's been on with us many times. He's the uh, uh, author of the book Jesus is Involved in Politics. Neil, good afternoon. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Uh, and also with us is Neil's uh, friend and our friend here, although we haven't met but a couple of times, Kevin McGarry. I'm aware of Kevin's work with the Fred. Fred, Fred Come on, Tim, you can do it. Frederick Douglass Foundation. How you doing, Kevin? Doing well. Thank you. It's a pleasure to uh, be here, Tim and Abe, and uh, looking forward to the conversation today. Tell us what the Frederick Douglass Foundation does. We Founda- are... Uh, yes, what, what you guys do. Yeah, so uh, the Frederick Douglass Foundation is has actually been around for about a decade now. And it was started by a gentleman by the name of Tim Johnson. Our current chairman is Dean Nelson. And uh, so we have multiple chapters across the country. We're policy advocates. Uh, we are a, uh, a black conservative organization and uh, basically standing up for principles and policies that, uh, that would help uh, the black community, and we try to bring the black community along as it relates to, um, you know, the political spectrum and just tr- trying to get more free thinking when we go to the ballot box. 
So we're working with churches across the country and working with communities across the country to try to change the trajectory of being a sort of monolith um, when we go to the ballot box. Neil, the social justice movement, I mean, the, the, what we're doing today is we're giving a biblical response to the social justice movement. We need to define as best we can what the social justice movement in America is. Can you do that for us? Well, <clears throat> the social justice movement is a uh, replacement for true justice. Basically, there are a couple of different movements, like they've come up with names like economic justice, racial justice, social justice. In reality, there's only one kind of justice there should be, and that's true moral justice or God's justice. Uh, and so what they do with these different movements is they try to, um, to co-opt biblical moral values into this. Now, the idea behind the social justice movement is Christians in the Bible say that we should be taking care of the poor, we should be helping the poor, we should be helping the oppressed. And so the social justice movement changes that and ties it into the economic justice, saying that not only should we be taking care of the poor, but we should make sure the government comes in and takes care of the poor, that government controls and takes tax money and gives it to the poor. So it's basically socialism uh, with a nicer, kinder face, but really is socialism at the end of the day. And they basically think that it's the government's role to make sure everybody's equals economically versus being equal with rights. I mean, the Bible basically says we have unalienable rights. And if you start taking something else like goods or money or all, those aren't rights. Those are goods and services. And the social justice movement tries to co-opt that and say that we have to have our government make everybody equal. Abe, the word justice is used over and over. And we do hear this, uh, Neil said, economic justice. That, that, that term, I, you hear that all the time. Social justice, racial justice. Um, the word justice, why, why, does, why do these folks keep using this word over and over again? Because it's effective. <laughs> um, be, when you hear the term justice, who would immediately upon hearing that phrase have any type of response in a negative light? No, no one would. Um, and you so they've done their test marketing. They've done, <laughs> huh? they've, yeah. done, they've done their group studies on the word justice to see how Westerners, in particular Americans, react to that word. And it's a positive, it's a positive word. It's a positive term. And, and a part of the effectiveness of this movement has been uh, because the United States of America, by and large, uh, the citizens in our nation understand our historical backdrop. Yeah. And it, it's really uh, an effort to take advantage of uh, des the desire and the sentiment that exists in our nation for everyone to uh, enjoy the liberties that we have in the country. So because of that understanding, the usage of that term is effective, which is why you see it so frequently. And it is, as Neil alluded to, it is a biblical term. Uh, but as we, we see contemporarily and we have seen throughout history, biblical terms uh, can be hijacked and twisted and used to execute nefarious purposes. Kevin, almost all these groups uh, that we could name are, that use these terms and expressions are on what we would call the political left. Uh, they are the ideological left, uh, beyond liberal, really. They get, it's, a, right. it's a different category. It's over there what they call progressive. Uh, why is that? Well, so I, I think that uh, as, as Abe and Neil so uh, appropriately has characterized it, it is a term that, you, you know, it's almost like we're born innately to seek just, justice. Um, but 
the, you know, and because it has never been really defined, you know, everybody has, the, 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 there's a myriad of definition for, uh, definitions for justice. And so because it's never been really defined, it is always characterized in a current uh, social cultural context as opposed to an actual definition. And so it's one of those terms that's so easily co-opted and progressives uh, tend to have their way with that word. Um, the, the important thing that I think that historically and biblically the church needs to look to, because I've even heard some churches are characterizing themselves as a social justice church and a social justice gospel. Um, one of the real dangerous things that I think churches need to be aware of as it relates to social justice is its roots. And if we were to think about biblically what happened in eternity past, so we're talking, you know, Lucifer as a, as a worshiping angel, uh, worshiping, and basically his justification for rebellion against the Most High God was, it's not fair. It, it, you know, it's not fair. I, I need, you know, I need to be, I need to ascend to the Most High God. I need to have my own kingdom. I should be able to have my own, you know, inequality with God. So this is a Luciferian doctrine at its root, because this is where rebellion happened. This is where it started. It's not fair that you are the Most High God. You have all of the power and authority. I want some of that. And I should have my own. And that's where it came from. And so it's just been passed down, of course, through the millennia. And now we are where we are. But it is not a biblical doctrine in any way, shape, or form. Some people would say, well, you know, Acts 2, you know, they had all things in common. Excuse me. Who had all things in common? It was the church. It was the church body. And even at that, they had all things in common, but it wasn't compulsory. It wasn't the government. And, uh, and even at that, they still had distinction uh, between the kinds of things that they had. So in other words, just because somebody in that assembly had one house, it didn't mean that everybody had the exact same cookie cutter house at that time. There was still a differentiation between those who even had all things in common. So we've completely perverted God's word in order to try to attain some sort of leveling the playing field and redistributive justice that Karl Marx has promised through his you know, campaigns with socialism, Marxism, and communism. And it's just shameful that we're following sort of a demonic theology and trying to incorporate it into our... Uh, our you know wanna, biblical mindset. I want to ask Abe about that. I know you guys. You got a, You guys got a Facebook set up uh, page, do you, Neil? Yeah, uh, it's if you just go look up every Black Life Matters on Facebook. I guess we should introduce the group first, right? <laughs> every well, you guys black. just started that, right? Yes. Why every Black Life? Every Black Life. 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 No, life. Life. L I F E matters. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's actually. Everyblm.com or .org. Everyblm. Okay. So, Abe, I'm, I'm hearing uh, this conversation as a Christian, 
and I'm wondering what's wrong with being for equal rights? What's wrong with what's wrong with being for uh, economic justice if it means you know leveling the playing field economically so that the poor people have something? I mean, isn't that what Christianity teaches to take care of the poor and needy? So uh, and economic justice, I mean environmental justice. I mean, don't we want to? Don't we want justice for the people who live on this planet and for the planet, uh, so we don't destroy it? So, so what, what's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong with these? What's wrong with these? These these uh, concepts, these ideas, these goals that these folks want? Sounds like something I could get behind as a Christian, right? Yeah. Well, you, you said a lot of different things. Environmental I did. justice. I did. I did. <laughs> just pick one or two and go for it. Yeah, and and it just it shows the importance of nomenclature. It's amazing, and I make this point on the Hamilton Corner all the time. Uh, that when, and I know uh, uh, Kevin referred to him as progressives. You listen to Hamilton Corner, you know, know I call them regressives. I know. Because they're not advancing right. anything. Uh, That's right. They are the people who attempt to con- corner the market on, on nomenclature. Uh, but when someone with an opposing worldview says, well, that verbiage is inaccurate, you, accuse, you get accused of being, oh, why are you focusing on semantics? You know, uh, but that, <laughs> that, that being said, you see the importance of nomenclature because when you attach justice to any agenda, it gets legs. You know, environmental mm-hmm. justice, redistributive justice, things of that nature. And the bottom line is there is no problem with agreeing with the Lord and recognizing that every single human being is worthy of value and dignity and has worth because they are stamped, they are imprinted with the image of God. Where you get into trouble, and I would say where you violate uh, the dictates of Scripture, is when you move beyond the equal valuation of every inherent image bearer in attempt to fix outcomes. That's where you begin right. to cross the line because even God himself doesn't guarantee outcomes. Not all Christians mm-hmm. are going to have the same rewards even in eternity. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to be living mm-hmm. in different blocks of the New Jerusalem. So mm-hmm. if, even if, if, if God approaches it that way, it shows the, the, the sheer fallacy of men attempting to accomplish what not even God himself seeks to accomplish with having every single person with the same outcome. And the, the desire to serve the, 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 the needs of the poor should be focused on opportunities and not attempting to solidify outcomes because there's so many different variables that contribute to outcomes. And because people are so different, you'll never be able to have any quality of outcomes, which is why wherever uh, Moses, Mordecai, Marx, Levy's tenets have been applied all across the, the globe throughout history, history, it's always been an abject failure. You end up crushing one group in order to reward a different group and as a result you end up decimating any notions of a middle class and you create nothing but an elite and and a basically uh an expansive uh segment of poor people in the society mm-hmm. all right folks we're taking this hour to talk about the uh, a biblical response to the social justice movement in america because this is this is big news every day now in, in our country the social justice movement in all its varied forms we're going to talk about uh, one particular form in just a minute, the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, but uh, you need to understand what what the ideology is behind this, what the politics is behind this, who's funding it. We might talk about George Soros in just a few minutes. His name just keeps popping up all, uh, you know, it's kind of like when they arrived at the Emerald City and pulled back the curtain and there was... George Soros, you know, <laughs> with, 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 all, with all this. Uh, but so, and how, how do we respond as Christians? Because these folks who are pushing this agenda, they are, uh, they give new meaning to the word pushy. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. They, they, they want to cancel you if you disagree with this. I was talking yep. with somebody with their, with their agenda. I don't want to get too far astray here, but just to that point here, uh, Neil, uh, Neil and Abe are with me as along with Kevin. Kevin is with the Frederick, Frederick Douglass Foundation. Uh, I was talking with a gentleman just today who works for a university. And uh, he told me, he said, hey, we're getting, we're now getting uh, emails from our, our uh, administration saying we need to get behind the Black Lives Matter movement and wow. need to be for social justice. Uh, and now, I don't know, uh, the pressure, it, it wasn't an or you'll lose your job type thing, but it was like the diversity person in charge of the university uh, uh, was, was, you know, promoting this. And this is true all over the country. I'm not, this is yep. almost every college and university and business in America is yep. pushing the same agenda. So how is it uh, that they, these folks, all right, Kevin, first of all, what is Black Lives Matter? Tell us about that. So uh, Black Lives Matter is, an, uh, you know, really a community-based organization started in around 2012 um, and, and uh, essentially uh, formed and, and really are all about monitoring police incidences of police brutality. That's how they got started? Was it, was it after Michael Brown in Ferguson, it, Missouri? Was that when this... No, it was actually before. It was uh, Trayvon Martin. Trayvon, Trayvon Martin. Martin. In yes, Florida. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, did Florida. not involve yeah. a police officer. Yes, right. Yes, right. Exactly. So uh, it was Trayvon Martin, and uh, from there, then all of the other notable uh, incidences uh, since that time they've been on top of. This one was particularly, um, you know galvanizing because everyone which one saw was? which one was? Th- this one with uh, George Floyd Oh, the latest uh, okay yeah. the latest one yeah. particularly galvanized because everybody saw right. for themselves the, right. the the sort of murder and brutality that went along with that and so that that really propelled this this issue and Black Lives Matter back into the limelight so here they were had, for all intents and yeah. purposes they were they were you know pretty uh, neutralized for the past several years, but this one, you know, yeah, they were radioactive in many ways. Black Lives Matter was because people understood. Well, not everybody understood, but th- I say radioactive. They were sort of, you know, on the back burner. They weren't accepted as a mainstream organization. But when the George Floyd uh, incident happened, then it was like gasoline poured on a fire just exploded. The Black Lives yes. Matter movement. Um, okay, here, here, Abe, uh, and then, then I'll ask Neil. Uh, well, I'll ask Neil first. Neil, you study the Black Lives Matter movement as well. What do you want to add to what Kevin had to say about it? Well, they've, they've come upon a very clever tactic, right? And the, the tactic is to say silence is violence. In other words, if you don't say anything about police brutality or about racism, then you are a racist and you're enacting violence upon other people. And as a result of that, everybody feels compelled to say something because, hey, I'm not a racist. I mean, the average American is not a racist. I've lived here in this country for 40 years almost, and I've run into people. You know, I, I spent uh, three months in Alabama selling books door to door. And, you know, yes, there is racism. And you're, in, just, uh, just so folks know, you, you, your family's from India. 
My family's from India, but and I was you know born it in when, Africa, and we know so. it when we see you. <laughs> yeah, when you see me, you'll yeah, know that you'll I'm know Indian. It. So you're tra- you're going door. <laughs> what you're saying is you're going door to door in Alabama selling books as an Indian American. And- right. Well, as an Indian, I was a student at the time, so okay, I wasn't got it. Though. Yeah. Uh, right. And and yeah, there was uh, what I, I didn't see any racism and I'm, I'm sure it's there. But what I saw was people were afraid of me because, you know, I'm a six foot two dark person. Right. So I saw a, a caution there because, you know, a very large right. person uh, is coming through that door. But but the point being that most Americans aren't outright racist. They're just. You know, they're they're trying to live their own lives. They're trying to do things. They're not the, out there the vast to, majority of people. The vast think. majority. Yeah. Now there are KKK members, and and I'm yeah. sure they're out there. I haven't run into anybody, and I've run to a lot of jerks who may use race as a a way yeah. to demean me. But I don't see them as racist. I see them as stupid, right? Because I mean, uh, right. but but at the same time, by saying silence is violence, you're immediately forcing people to say, no, 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 I'm not a racist. But then you bring in this whole concept of white fragility, this systemic racist. In other words, you're white, and so you're automatically a racist. And the very fact that you say you're not a racist shows that you're a racist. Uh, and they're they're focusing on people people's weaknesses, and and it's it's very clever. It's really really clever how they go about this. And we want people to realize that there is an option to, you know, supporting a Marxist organization like Black Lives Matter. Right. That is every Black Life Matters. Maybe I want to ask you this: um, the the uh, Kevin mentioned the genesis of the Black Lives Matter movement. Okay, the they conflate by they I mean the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, everything, for example, Trayvon Martin case is different than the Michael Brown case is different than the George Floyd case. Mm-hmm. They all involved, uh, well, Trayvon Martin didn't. He was a security guard, part-time security mm-hmm. guard. But they didn't, uh, they didn't involve, um, but what I'm saying is here, and, and other, other men, uh, who, black men who've died in confrontations with the police uh, that have been in the news the last four, five, six years. And, and you, you, don't get a, you don't get an opportunity to speak about justice. You don't get an opportunity to evaluate the facts before you're, you have to pick sides <laughs> on, on whether you support Black Lives Matter. Do Black Lives Matter or are you for cop killing uh, innocent? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why, yeah, why, why is that? Why aren't we allowed to? Well, again, well, it, it's using the tactic that Neil highlighted, it, using the silence is violence mantra. You're why compelled. would you want to use it, though? Why would I'm, I'm getting I'm driving. You see the point I'm driving yeah. at? What's behind people who don't want you to discuss the merits of a particular case? They just want you to pile on the police. That's exactly so right. So that, that that's my why would you why would you have that motive? Because you want to to manipulate people to join your cause because you have an an agenda that expands beyond the police. Okay. And in, in order to assert your agenda, you want to have the momentum of consensus from the populace. So, so let me jump in. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead. ahead. Go, go ahead. No, so go let ahead, me jump in here. Back in '69. Um, there was something called the Frankfurt School. Actually, mm-hmm. it, it actually originates before that. And they bring in something called critical race theory. And critical race theory says... you got 30, um, se- 30 but, seconds, and then we come okay. back from the break. The, the premise behind critical race theory is you can't defeat America 
by introducing communism. So you defeated by using race to tear apart America and introduce communism into it. And the founders of BLM are Marxists. They're right. about Marxists, and this is all part of the plan. And we'll, we can go into more about yeah, that. Yeah, I do. I do want to go into more. I think the, the driving ideology behind this, does it lead to the place where people call for defunding the police? That sounds insane. Mm, that's what we're talking about today in many big cities in America. We'll be back momentarily with more. A biblical response to the social justice movement. Have you ever wanted to walk where Jesus walked? That's right, Israel, the Holy Land. That's where we're going in March 2021. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. We have set our dates for our trip, March 16th through the 24th, and we'd love to have you join us for this, uh, for many people, once-in-a-lifetime trip to the Holy Land. For more information, just visit the website, twholyland.com, twholyland.com. If you want a brochure sent to your home, we can do that. You need to call 800-FAMILIES, 800-F-A-M-I-L-I-E-S, option 5, and leave us your name and your address, and we'll get that brochure in the mail to you. Again, it's going to be a wonderful time with Christian brothers and sisters from around the country as we go and see Israel. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. We the people stand at a crossroads in American history. Do we surrender to the culture jihadist and allow them to fundamentally transform our nation, or do we stand and fight? The radicals are ushering in a new age of fascism in the name of tolerance and diversity. Statues, books, music, movies, all in the crosshairs. And sadly, many of our fellow citizens are unwilling to stand up to the cancel culture mob. And we have no one to blame but ourselves. We did not heed President Reagan's warning. And as a result, a generation of Americans did not tell their children that freedom had to be fought for and protected. And sadly, many of us will one day have to tell our children's children what it was once like in the United States where men were free. Be sure to listen to my national radio show live noon to 3 Eastern, or you can download my free podcast at toddstards.com. Welcome back to an American Family Radio special, a biblical understanding of the social justice movement with Tim Wildman and Abraham Hamilton III. The Hamilton Corner will be back uh, tomorrow. Abe's with me today. In fact, I'm Tim Wildman. But uh, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to Neil Maman and also Kevin McGarry. And they're on with us from California. These two gentlemen have studied the Black Lives Matter movement and also social justice. And and uh, I said, why don't you guys come on AFR and let's talk about this? Because I, I think a lot of people don't really know the ideological roots 
and or where these folks are going. And by these folks, I'm talking about the leaders of these what we would call far left groups that are pushing an agenda, which even to a lot of Christians sometimes sounds legit. And there are legitimate aspects to the issues that they bring up. For example, who's for police brutality? Right? <laughs> Raise your hand. Sign me up for hey, put me down for being for police brutality. I mean who's for that, right? So when an organization says this is one of our main issues to be opposed to police brutality, particularly as it uh, as it has to do with uh, African American males, then um, then uh, then you say, well, I don't want to not be against that, so I need to join that group, Black Lives Matter. See how this works? So you're suckered in almost to something you had no intention of joining had you known the real purpose, the real driving. Uh, force behind a uh, an agenda so black lives matter group the organization now is using the is exploiting i think the the good the good heartedness abe of the american people here uh and, and we, we care about our neighbors we certainly don't want to see people treated like george floyd was you know treated there by that one particular police officer mm -hmm. he's been charged <laughs> yeah yeah, he and several other officers you know, were charged. You know, let me ask you this while I'm ranting here. <laughs> I get, and, and, you know, and Kevin, hang yeah. on for just a minute. I want to ask you, Abe, why, why George Floyd was charged, I mean, the uh, what was the officer's name? Derek Chauvin. Okay, he was charged with murder, second-degree murder. Whether that holds up in court remains to be seen. I think but, the original charge was a more accurate charge, but... Okay, but my continue. question is... Why wasn't that the end of the story? Why was why was it today? Officer so and so so and so has been charged. He will be arraigned. He'll be tried along with these other officers. And next in sports, uh, John. Why was it the world was set on fire then? Well, I think it's the point that Neil was making before we went to the break. Uh, he highlighted the the Frankfurt School, which was anchored in Columbia, New York, in the 1930s. Who did? Uh, right. Yes. Neil was referring to it, but the Frankfurt School was a set of scholars that migrated from Germany as Hitler was ascending there to the United States because they happened to all be Jewish. And at the time, they were coming under the umbrella of critical theory, critical race theory developed subsequent to that. But I, I, I'll toss it to Neil to finish the point when your op, your objective is the agenda. So having a charge against uh, former police officer Derek Chauvin does not satisfy the execution of the agenda of using uh, segmentation based on skin color to further uh, hew down the United States of America. Neil, you may want to add add more to that. Neil, Neil, right, and well, then, Neil, and then Kevin. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, the the way to do this is to create great strife uh, and a breakdown in the communities and breakdown in relationships and to create. Uh, problems that cannot be solved. I mean, if you think about it, how is this problem going to be solved? And if you ask the writers, well, what is it you want us to solve? They won't They won't have an answer. All they want mm -hmm. to do is destroy. Well, half of them are being paid probably, but uh, the other half of them are just for the fun. But but the, the founders and the organizers of this don't have really any solution because their goal is not to find a solution. That's right. And that's why we founded Every Black Life Matters because there are problems and there are solutions. But none of the solutions are what those what BLM is proposing. And, and, and you're, you're absolutely right, because and, and people may not understand this history. Uh, following World War One, 
Marxists expected, globally Marxists expected the uprising of the proletariat to cast off the oppressive boot of the bourgeoisie. They expected yep. World War I to deliver that victory for them. But something completely opposite happened. After World War I, poor Europeans, and this was created in the exclusive of the European context, poor Europeans began to realize, wait a minute, I'm not repressively and, and irresistibly oppressed. If I can get to a place of freedom like the United States of America, I can in one generation completely transform my family's expectations in life. And so World War I ended up being a global uh, blow to Marxists because people realized I'm not irrepressibly oppressed. So up pops people like Georgie Lukacs, who developed this notion called critical theory, where the express purpose was to investigate every feature of Western civilization and to find a way to persuade people, primarily poor people, that they are oppressed. That is what critical theory is. And so as uh, these, these Marxist scholars in Germany, uh, who happened to all, all of them be Jewish, realized, ruck roll, Hitler's on the rise, we got to get out of Germany. Well, guess what? Columbia University said, come over here and bring with you, bring with you your Marxist suitcases. And they developed and applied this thing through Columbia University, spreading it all through the United States of America. And, and the goal of it, you have to remember when you get to the idea of why are there no solutions? The goal of it is not to find a solution. The goal is to overthrow the, uh, the Western civilization as we know it. So there is no effort to seek solutions. It's just perpetually whipping up the people into a frenzy and getting them to aid you in overthrowing uh, the established society. Folks, you need exactly. to go back and listen. Amen. You need to, When it. we get through this program, you need to go back and listen to what Abe just said, especially the last two minutes, because that's the essence of what I wanted us to communicate here today. Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, Abe was dead on. Uh, Neil, of course, is, is correct on this. So here's, here's the thing. If they really were about black life and about black lives, when we see something like what happened to George Floyd happens, you would ha a principled organization would have said, okay, we are going to go and protest, not the city in general, not businesses that have nothing to do with George Floyd. We are going to go and demand the firing of the chief of police, of the mayor, and if need be, the governor. Now, here's the, here's the quandary. This, this helps you to kind of list a veil a little bit on the insidious and diabolical nature and how they operate. If they had done that in all of these cases, they would have been replacing all leftist, leftist Democrat mayors, chief of police, and governors. Because all of these incidents, just so happens, uh, when we have police brutality incidents or, you know, these types of killings over the over the past decade or so, they've all happened in Democrat cities. So they wouldn't do that. They say, no, 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 no. We have to we're going to take full advantage of George Floyd and his death in this way. And we are going to uh, force our Marxist utopian dreams on everybody. And we want to overthrow America. And, and this is not like hypothetical. On their website, they say. On they whose, seek whose, whose, whose website, Kevin? Black Lives Matter. Uh, it was on their website that they seek to uh, undermine and overthrow uh, capitalism and America, uh, you know, um, America normative or heteronormative type systems. Did you, what they're and, talking about? What they're talking about there to change it to uh, to put put words in their mouth 
is the Black Lives Matter organization, the Marxist organization, is opposed to the Judeo-Christian worldview that yep, established exactly. Western civilization, which is what exactly. you were talking about earlier, Abe, at least in part. Which is, if you study anything about from Marx and Engels and his disciples, you know, Hegel, uh, Saul Alinsky, you, any of them, they all agree on one thing, that in order to establish a Marxist utopia, you have to overthrow the church and you have to overthrow America. I, I, it, it can't exist otherwise. You're, yep. listening, you're listening to a special program here on American Family Radio. Should you want to send us an email, you can do so at uh, comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. We are live video streaming on Facebook and YouTube. How do they watch that, Brent? Uh, go to the Hamilton Corner or just AFR.net? Just AFR.net uh, or Facebook, just yes. American Family Radio. Uh, okay, let me reset here. Uh, Abe Hamilton is in studio with me. I'm Tim Wildman. We're talking about the a biblical response to the social justice movement in America. What do these left-wing social justice organizations really want? Where what is their what are their goals? What are their objectives? Where are they where do they want to take America? And uh, so, joining me to uh, uh, talk about this is Abe, of course, and then Neil Mammon. Neil's been a longtime friend of our ministry. He. Uh, uh, he wrote, Jesus is involved in politics. Why aren't you? Uh, and uh, he and also, uh, Neil is uh, executive vice president of the new organization called Every Black Life Matters. Life Matters. And Kevin McGarry is uh, president of the uh, Fred, Frederick Douglass Foundation. And uh, he's the founder of the new organization, Every Black Life, Life Matters. <coughs> um, okay, so... Uh, the social justice movement, I would, that's a broad general definition of what we've been discussing here today. Under that is also the, uh, right under that is the Black Lives Matter uh, or, or, or organization. Uh, you said something interesting to me earlier today, Abe, when I was talking about this. I said to you, you know, it's, it's hard for Christians sometimes because uh, th we agree with the sentiment Black Lives Matter, but we don't agree with the goals of the organization, which is an atheistic Marxist organization called Black Lives Matter, which we've been spending the last 15 minutes talking about. And you said to me what? Well, I said if you are a Christ follower, you have no obligation to embrace the world's verbiage on any front, especially the BLM slogan in order to show that you believe that every person is a bearer of God's image and worthy of dignity, value, and, and, and has worth in society. And I would simply say in response, did you say, with, in terms of people saying, well, I'm being compelled to say the words, three words, black, life, black lives matter, I would say, would you have said that before you heard of the organization? Mm -hmm. And if you wouldn't have said it before you heard of the organization, I would encourage you not to say it now, because we have a playbook. It's called the Word of God that says that every person is made in the image of God, and it explicitly gives us instructions for how we are to treat one another. So if you're in a situation where you are not obeying Scripture and not loving your neighbor as yourself, then there mm -hmm. is a requirement for repentance and then to obey the Scripture. But there's no need mm -hmm. to repeat the phrasing and the wording that the world gives. That's another example of a violation of Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. The Lord says that we are not to be conformed 
to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That, that word, suskamatizo is the Greek word there. It literally means squeeze into the mold of something that you are not or ascribing yourself to the pattern of another. I don't need a black and gold organization with three letters and three words to tell me that I need to love my neighbor. Jesus has already filled that space. And so it's incumbent upon me simply to obey the word of God. I don't need to prove anything to Amen. somebody else to show that I love my neighbor. And if you Amen. sin against them, you repent. And if I ask sin for, against my neighbor, I will ask them for forgiveness and I will repent before them and before God and mend Amen. and correct my ways. But I'm not going to allow an antichrist Marxist organization to compel me to utter three words to bolster their branding that allows them right. to accumulate $1.628 million in a matter of four months. I mean, billion dollars in a matter of four months because the world is being compelled, pushed into a corner, <clears throat> suffering from guilt for sins that they have not committed personally. How much money right. they raked in? $1.628 billion. That's how much money they have. But when you have little children being slaughtered in Chicago and in my hometown in New Orleans, Louisiana, not by the police, these suckers don't have anywhere to show up. And I'm mm, sick and preach. tired of that. Mm, I'm tired preach of that, it. Brother. Mm, preach mm. it. They don't care at all about the lives of these people. They're using a sentiment that is true in order to compel people to bow to their will. Plain and, and, simple. and more and Neil, go ahead more. Or who is that talking there? Is that no, Neil? I said amen. I mean, um, but, well, and, but and you know what? Because uh, uh, they're, they're radio, television programs like we're doing more and more people are becoming educated about what the Black Lives Matter organization stands for. And they do. They. They say it on their website, uh, as Kevin talked about it earlier. Let me go back to this point, I, Neil. Let me go back to this point. I'm sorry, somebody wanted to say? Yeah, yeah. I, before we jump off of that, Black, yeah, Kevin. you know, uh, Abe, Abe made a brilliant point that, you know, as, as kids are being slaughtered in Chicago and New Orleans, that Black Lives Matter. But here's another way that I just want to give everybody an opportunity to do their own sort of check in their spirit as to should they adopt Black Lives Matter? Is it legit, biblically, and all of that? Here's the thing. Planned Parenthood of New York came out just two weeks ago and said, yes, we're a racist organization. We've been targeting blacks. We're going to denounce Margaret Sanger, who, has been, who was our founder. She was eugenicist, and she was racist. And yes, we're disproportionately harming blacks. Ever since that statement came out about two weeks ago, the left, progressives, and all have been quiet. Now, if Black Lives Matter were sincere about black lives, guess what? They would have had a press announcement. They would have went out first thing. They would have said, we're going to march on every Planned Parenthood because they are racially targeting and disproportionately harming black babies. They would have done that. Instead, they're great partners with Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. So, yeah. so, you know, uh, uh, we, in the, we in, the, in the body, we have to be more uh, wise about, you know, about these things. We have to look yeah. at the facts as, that they're presented to us and sort of you make know, some real determination. What we've been talking about today is there, I know uh, there may be, I know there are people listening to us, to this program, and they're believers, and they, they try to live their life to honor God, but they went out to the marches uh, couple months back and they thought they were doing a good thing and i'm not here to judge a person's heart or intentions or motives on uh, as a christian on 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 uh, whatever particular demonstration or march you went to uh but i i thought to myself at the time you know 
I would like to go hold hands with those folks and pray with them and, and agree with uh, that, you know, we should love one another. But I can't go to, I can't do that because I know what the agenda is, Abe, that's behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. They don't know it. Mm-hmm. Those people down there marching together, they don't. They just know that they want uh, their black neighbors to know they care about them. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Well, so. As you guys have so, said, it's go ahead. Who wanted to comment on that? Yeah, no, this is Neil. So, so that's why we formed every Black Life Matters. We we know that people want to make a statement. They want to support the African American community and, and other solutions. Yeah, and others. Yeah, 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 but I mean, just since now the focus is on the African American community, you know, they they want to say, yeah, I'm all for it. And if you say all Black Lives Matters, people. Uh, you know, they, they kind of diss you and they attack you. So what we want to give them to say when 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 somebody says Black Lives Matters, we want them to be able to say, no, every Black life matters from the womb to the tomb. That means we care about the kids who are being massacred in the womb. We care about the kids who are being massacred in gangs in the inner city. We care about the kids who are growing up without fathers. We care about kids who have no educational choice. We care about bad cops, and we want to do something constructive about that. We care about the fact that there are millions of American uh, African-American kids who live in the inner city and have no viable way of getting out because they don't have the training uh, you know, things like uh, minimum wage laws, keep them under underpaid and un, unable to get training. So there's so many different aspects that if you really care about black lives, that you could actually do something about. You could change the law on welfare that kicks the father out of the home. Now, you could start how about, asking. How about some school choice? Yeah, school exactly. choice, you know, the coupons and stuff like that. What about uh, going to Amazon instead of Amazon sending, you know, a couple of million dollars to Black Lives Matters? Why don't you work with us? And what we'll do is we'll say, look, Amazon, let's get some of your yeah. best businessmen, some of your best entrepreneurs. There are millions of entrepreneurs on, on Amazon making money every day by selling online. How about we get some of those guys to work with us in the inner city and teach those inner city kids how to sell something besides drugs, bef- yeah. besides getting in trouble? to actually invest in their community, to actually build something in their community, maybe uh, trade shops or things where they can actually start shipping things right out of their community. Right? I mean, there's so much stuff there that can be done with the mm-hmm. money that people are spending. So if you really care about black lives, then we say you should say, no, every black life matters. And you should come support us and help us to get those things being done. Okay. Uh, yes, Absolutely. Uh, let me. Let's. Uh, we got about nine minutes here. Uh, it, it, uh, I found intriguing earlier in the hour. You get all three of you guys were talking about. Uh, I said, "What are the goals and objectives of the social justice movement as we know it, which are the left wing organizations that are promoting various and sundry causes, and that the all bottom attach the word justice to it, whatever it may be, economic justice, immigration justice, whatever the case may be." But uh, you guys, you guys said they don't want a solution to the problem um, necessarily because they need chaos, they need uh, contention, they need people to be stirred up all the time. Mm-hmm. W- with the, it, I, I think I'm seeing this play out, Abe, in this defund the police. Uh, mantra that's being used now because if i if i put if i follow the dots connect the dots here from what you said earlier the the uh, black lives matter organization is marxist they're proud of this 
these other left-wing groups are are, are Marxists, really, at, at the core of the Green Movement. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, you go from here, let's end police brutality to, no, let's defund the police. And you have to say, who, who, what, that, what kind of nutty idea is that? And who's going to believe in it? Well, it's the same groups, the same people who are pushing for defund the police. Okay. Then you have to say, to the next dot, what does that help accomplish? Well, if you've got enough people, you get rid of ICE, for example, a national sort of police force having to do with immigration, which Kamala Harris wants to do, and you, you start defunding police departments all over this country, which naturally will lead to more crime and more violence and more chaos, then you can start to undermine the social fabric of America and in 10 or 20 years, maybe you can bring her to her knees in one way or another uh, because we because things are just out of control in society. Then you can bring in a strong man. I don't know. I, mean, I, I know I, some people probably think I'm getting carried away. <laughs> but if you study this, is this where the people you mentioned earlier in their hour? Is this where they they've taken the long view, and this is what this is maybe their season this moment to 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 throw a twenty five yard pass down the when they've been grinding it out three yards at a time. It, it, it's it's startling for many to think about these, but these are the types of things that have been tried, have been discussed, have been written about. Uh, the Cloward Piven strategy. The intentional objective in New York was to swell the New York welfare rolls with the express purposes of collapsing the welfare system. The goal wasn't to help the people. It was to collapse the system to make it easier to overtake it into a more socialist Marxist direction. That literally is what happened in New York in the 70s with Cloward, Francis Fox Piven and her husband. Yeah. Cloud, they, they literally, they accomplished that. Saul Alinsky literally describes the community or, organizer as the one who foments chaos. Then, after it's whipped up into a frenzy, then reintroduce himself or herself as the person to solve the chaos. And so that's not far-fetched if you study the tactics that are employed to accomplish Marxist objectives. Kevin, give your uh, whatever you wanted to Facebook or you wanted to promote something. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, there's a couple ways to connect with us. Please go to our website, www.everyblm.com or .org. And uh, I, both Neil and I are on, you know, we're on Facebook. Uh, I also have a recent uh, release of a book, I just released it a couple weeks ago, that delves into a lot of these issues, critical theory, black liberation theology, uh, feminism, radical feminism, and the name of it is The War on Women, From the Root to the Fruit. And that's, uh, you can find that on Amazon, Amazon Kindle. Uh, so you could, you could, you know, you know, read more of what God okay. has put in, in that You know, area. folks, not that we've been doing this during this hour, nor do we do this on American Family Radio, <clears throat> but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're, we're the enemies inside the gates. Yep. Or the enemies inside the fort or the castle. Enemies cross the moat. I, I don't know how, what other analogy you want to use, but... Our, our university systems and our colleges 
and to a large extent our seminaries have been overtaken by people who agree with Marxism. Now they may not say, they may not have, you know, a, a club called, uh, you know, College Professors for Marxism chapters at <laughs> Ole Miss or Texas or Nebraska or University of Michigan or wherever, but I'm going to tell you something, and smaller schools too, and Christian schools. It's it's a, you you need to be aware of where your children or grandchildren are going to school, what they're going to be learning, who's going to be teaching them, and because that's what's happened is one of the big things last 30, 40 years, and the indoctrination process has ramped up, and uh, and so uh, I'm just telling you, Marxism, atheism, the mockery of Christianity uh, is going on on these college campuses, and you need to be aware of it. I know I was talking to a, I wasn't personally, I, my son was talking to a friend uh, of ours who had a son who went off to a university. He was from a godly home. Went went off to university two or three years into it. He says, I don't believe in God anymore. I don't believe in your God anymore. Just broke his parents' heart, obviously. And, but they spent 16, 18 years raising him and then goes off and then gets, uh, gets that happens. So, we hear that story time and time again. So when I say the enemy's inside the gate, so many of our fellow Americans now, especially of a younger generation, they're subscribing to this far-left stuff because they have been taught it at the university level uh, in, many, in, in, many, in many disciplines, okay? Uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, closing, is that the music? Well, there is no closing thoughts. There is no or no. There are no closing thoughts to correct my own English because I did graduate from college, just not in English. <laughs> just not in English. <laughs> but close. So let's, your... let's give the, the, the website. It's everyblm.com. What? Everyblm.com. What is it? Everyblm.com. How many books did you sell in Alabama, Neil? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I was actually the top salesman that year. Okay. <laughs> but it didn't last, right? <laughs> you moved on to bigger and better things. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Kevin. All right, Abe and Tim, thank you so thank much. You, Appreciate it. Absolutely. Abe, thank you, brother. Right. Thank you, guys. Hamilton Corner returns tomorrow. And thank you for listening to AFR. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.